What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the Blunt Mag Tattoo Podcast. I'm your host, Louie, from Free Spirit Tattoo. And before we start, just want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, badmojo.com.au. They're a family-run merchandise company from Australia, and they do things like T-shirts, stubby holders, mugs, keyrings, all that sort of stuff. So if you need any of that made, then head on down to badmojo.com.au and put in the code BLUNTMAG10. Um, that's all lowercase, and they'll give you 10% off your first order for new customers. This episode, we're joined by one of the godfathers of Australian tattooing as we know it, Mr. Reese Gordon, the owner of Little Tokyo in Sydney. Um, Reese obviously needs no introduction if you're a fan of tattooing in any capacity, and it's another long one because I couldn't bring myself to edit any of it out. Um, we talk about all the facets of the tattoo industry, from apprenticing to conventions to the state of tattooing and pretty much everything in between. Um, we talk a lot about the evolution of Little Tokyo and Reese's journey, but definitely urge you to listen to his interview with MJ on the True Love podcast, which dives more into that. Um, you're definitely going to have to forgive my fanboying in this one because I was pretty excited. So anyway, let's get into it. Reese Gordon, man, thank you so much for joining us. No, thank you, mate. I, I heard about this podcast through um, MJ Forrest, and it seemed super cool. And yeah, thanks for inviting me to be part of it. Man, I've got to say, like, I'm super fucking nervous to be doing this one. And then I know that, like, anyone that knows you thinks, like, oh, that's ridiculous. He's so nice, so, so you know, approachable, which you are, you know, like, yeah. looking at all your lives and all that kind of thing. But, like, yeah. You know, I don't want to sort of fanboy too much, but, you know, to someone like myself, um, you're definitely, you know, the, the backbone of, of Australian tattooing. Very really cool. someone that's, you know, obviously been around a long time um, yeah. and involved in pretty much every aspect of the industry, you know. So, man, just again, so thank you for coming on, man. Like, no, stoked. my pleasure, mate. I'm very fortunate. I'm, I'm obsessed and it's a good thing. And, you know, we'll, we'll meet one day in person and you'll find out, man, like, you know, like I'm, I'm no superstar or anything like that. Like the beginning of my career, you kind of had that knocked out of you pretty quickly. So you were pretty grounded and humble. And I think I've, you know, managed to carry that pretty well through my career. And like, you know, yeah, we are doing something pretty special to a lot of people, but mate, we're, we're not brain surgeons. We're not curing cancer, you know? So yeah, it just be normal, be nice. 100% man, 100%. And you know, I've I've known you since long before I was actually tattooing, you know. I think the first time I sort of came across Reese Gordon was on Bondi Inc. Yeah, cool. Like back in the day. So, yeah, like listening to MJ's podcast and, you know, obviously, you know, doing a lot of research on on yourself and not yep. even really having to do research. You kind of you, yep. your name is just all over the place in in terms of the industry if you really give a shit about it. Um, so today I'd really like to talk about um, Australian tattoo history. Obviously, I want to talk about heaps about Little Tokyo. Yep. Um, you know, I actually had Ben Hastings on yesterday. and Amazing. Yeah, we've actually spoken about you in like four or five different episodes, man. Oh, so wow. yeah, a lot, a lot cool. of people look, nice obviously look up. up to you and, and you know, yep. credit you for being a huge part of where they are in tattooing, you know. Yep. So that's awesome, man. And yeah. yes, <laughs> fuck. Awesome. No, it, it's good. Like... You know, we'll, we'll go through it, but it, it is important to, to give back and, you know, like it's given me an incredible life. Like, you know, I've lived overseas for eight years. I've travelled a lot. I've filled up two passports. You know, I've gone from a period in my life where I thought it was impossible to have your own shop in Sydney to now having like a, a well-known shop in Sydney. 
So for me, it's, yeah, it's important to encourage the next generation, be thankful. There's an old saying, you'd be good to tattooing and it'll be good to you. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty true. Like through the tattoo history thing, I've been able to study people's careers and you, maybe you get a bit more of an insight into some of the pitfalls that come along or, Hey, why did that, that, that guy or that girl, they were killing it for a period of time. And then what happened? They dropped off. Why? So, you know, with all that extra study and stuff, it gives me a bit more insight into the world of tattooing and, you know, but again, at the end of the day, it's just, you know, be good. If it wasn't for our customers, we wouldn't be anywhere and, you know, just give back because the future generations are going to keep on pushing tattooing. Like right now, tattooing is in a crazy place. It's COVID has probably fast forwarded a lot of things in tattooing as well. So it's good. The next five years are going to be like maybe a previous 10 or 20 year period in tattooing. Condensed. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. I think um, as far as all the, you know, the tattoo history and all that sort of stuff goes, um, th- I mean, I don't want to talk about myself too much or really at all, but the shop that I'm at now has been around for 25, almost 30 yes. years. And yep. I'm pretty privileged to, to be able to work in this shop. Yep. And what I found was... Um, you know, a whole stack of, of Flash and a whole bunch of old magazines that they were going to chuck out. They're like, oh, we need more room. I'm like, no, I'm taking no. all this shit home, man. Like Gary <laughs> no. Davis Flash and, you know, no. like all this sort of like 90s no. stuff, like 90s new school. Because it's, you, you know what I mean? All that kind of like gnarly sort of stuff like that. And if you If you study Instagram really well, you can see some younger tattooers have created their career off the back of 90s stuff. You know, it's all there. It's all laid out that well. Um, You just tweak a little bit. Maybe you just pull color out of it completely and it becomes black and gray and then it's somebody's style. And that's cool. That's the way tattooing's going. So it's good. Like I I scour Gumtree and eBay always looking, you know, I've got that many sets of Australian tattoo magazines and that sort of thing because you can pick them up pretty cheap, you know, and they're they're a good thing to have, you know, and flip through. People don't even know what a tattoo magazine is now. Yep. No, no, t- totally. And like, you know, I don't want to say back in the day when I'm talking to someone like you, but no, even, even you know, five, ten years ago, you know, there's no, there's no, I mean, five years ago, there probably was, but ten yeah. years ago, there's no Instagram. Um, there's no, no nothing. And exactly. You know, yeah. and I've said this to a few people, but, um, you know, one of the big reasons that I wanted to do a podcast like this is for me, tattoo, tattoo artists are my celebrities, you know, yeah. and, and that might sound ridiculous to someone like no, yourself, no. but when you're looking at tattoo artists or, or any artist really, there's fuck all out there. You know, you don't know what they, you know, you barely even know what they look like, let alone what kind of person they are. So, you know, um, especially for, for Aussies, you know, I really wanted to do something to get, yeah, you, you know, a lot of it's me trying to talk to people that I, that I look up to. You Mate, know? It's amazing. It's, and you know, it's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I commend you for it. It's, it's awesome. Like you're at the start of your journey of giving back to tattooing, you know, 100%, and, and man. over the years, it'll just from this, this thing that you're doing now, it'll just naturally evolve. Someone will go, Oh, Louis did that. Let's talk to him. And it'll just, you're just building. This is the start of your doing what I'm doing to a certain extent. And, and then you'll take it in your own direction and it's good. Well, definitely, man. And, and one thing that I definitely always wanted to reiterate was that like, you know, I have only been tattooing for four or five years, so by no means do I claim to be any kind of authority yeah. on tattoo. And I just want to sort of give that like in a different perspective, yeah. you know. And when I saw your your lives going on, yeah, um, there were a few people that I'd already interviewed, 
yep. and you know I kind of thought to myself like it was like Danny and MJ and yep. and Johnny Evans and I'd already interviewed those and we're still Amazing. sitting on those episodes and I yep. saw them I saw them on your lives and I'm like oh fuck I should, why am I even fucking doing this man like uh, <laughs> you know what I mean no don't like what you'll find out with me I mate, I encourage anyone if yep. anyone's gonna try and do something positive for whatever industry they're in, man. I'm all for it. Like, unfortunately, you know, to an extent, the world is in a place that sort of, you know, celebrates victimhood and all of this sort of stuff. And, you know, it's it's so segmented right now. And then also, you know, I've been slagged off for doing what I'm trying to do. And, you know, I'm an older man. I'm, I'm 48 now. So with age, you kind of realise not to give a fuck. Yeah. Because... There's an old saying like, you know, if someone's sitting in the cheap seats and there's two guys in the ring going for it, they're the only ones that matter. That other guy in the ring across from me, he's the only opinion that really matters. Anyone can buy a ticket and have a loud voice and then go home and do fuck all. Yeah. So, you know, and, and your four or five years tattooing is still relevant. You're the voice for your generation of tattooing. Awesome. Yeah, man. Um, One thing that you did say um earlier that I kind of skimmed off on was... um. You mentioned that, you know, tattooing in, in this sort of COVID period or the lack thereof or whatever has, mm. has um, you know, fast-forwarded tattooing and sort of condensed it. What, do you, what did you kind of mean by that? I think in a way of the first lockdown we came back from, like I've been fortunate to be doing a lot of large-scale work for quite a number of years now, but just seeing in the shop, like customers seem to come back and go, fuck it, I want to get that sleeve now or I want to get a back piece, I want to get larger tattooing. And I think COVID made them realise that, you know, the world could end. What am I worried about? I might as well just do something. And it's it's back to a thing. Tattooing essentially is for you, yourself. Like, you know, we can do it to become cool or part of a group. But essentially, I think what I've worked out, tattoos are pretty useless at the end of the day. <laughs> to make you feel good about yourself. And that can be on a middle-aged soccer mom, a young kid going to university, you know, an old tradie, all of that stuff. When they look in the mirror, they all get that same feeling of empowerment and, you know, I did this for me and, like, man, I look cool. Even if they can't put it into words, if there's no spiritual attachment to it, it doesn't matter. So I think that has made customers want to get more work. But also Instagram has become a much bigger platform for artists on their own where they're maybe not so much living under the umbrella of a shop name that's bringing them work. So you can see artists who use their time well in the lockdowns by creating merch, doing artwork, doing um, Instagram tutorials or YouTube clips, man, they're going to reap the benefits once we come back as they did last time. Like, for example, Som or Miss Orange that works here at Little Tokyo, phenomenal artists. Like the first lockdown, Prior to that, she was doing a lot of pieces this big, like one-shot pieces. Um, she's done back jobs and sleeves for years, but she sort of went into this little role of the goldfish and all the Chinese tassels and bells and that sort of thing. Um, lockdown, she was doing big paintings, doing commissions for people. Come back, she's doing back pieces now, sleeves. Her and Cole, when we come back, are doing a collaboration back piece. So all, all of those sort of things, I think, have, have helped people. And... People have scrolled more. People have had time to think and seek out an artist rather than, you know, old mate at the local tat shop. Yeah, no, fully. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, that, that's so interesting that you say that. And, you know, like this day and age with things like Instagram and, and the internet, you know, 
people are exposed to so much information and you can get you, know? you can really just like yep. s- like smash that information into your brain yep. in such a short period of time yep. you know you know i think uh, there were a few people like steph bastain was doing you know a lot of really good stuff of like tutorials for people you could learn an online art class there are a bunch of other people i think tattoo do chris garba a bunch of other people as a tattoo artist you could you could invest in your skill set online and put the work in Yep. Even though you're isolated and you're at home, you can still sort of upskill, which is going to, you know, it can't do anything but benefit you. Absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, besides, like, so for yourself, you know, you've obviously been doing these these lives, and yep. which I think is is really cool. Um, what was the sort of inspiration behind that? And, you know, how, how, can, you started, how can you started doing that? I, I've always wanted to do, I think, you know, I did MJ's podcast, podcast True Love, quite a few years ago, and I've sort of had it in the back of my mind. Probably, I think, five years ago, I did an exhibition um, at Ambush Gallery here in Central Park called Behind the Lines, and it was, to, it was me, my way of giving back. Like, I funded it myself. I did get a – I got the gallery for free. It went over a month, and I showcased, like – you know, myself, a Japanese tattooer, uh, uh, a Maori tattooer, uh, Nick's who I'm interviewing tonight, doing Chicano black and grey. We did um, tattoo histories. Tried to give the general public an overview of what tattooing can be and in a large public space. So from that, I'd always wanted to do something else but never had the time. And then MJ's podcast popped in my mind and then seeing like, you know, the Books Closed podcasts and quite a few of the other tattoo ones. I thought, you know, I was always going to do it, gonna, 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 and then I didn't. And then this lockdown came along and I thought it would be two weeks. So I thought, oh, okay, you know, and I'd spoke to Joe Kins before about doing it. He was like the first guy I did. And then it just kept rolling. Um, and then as the weeks went on, I kept rolling and rolling. I think tonight is the 45th one. Yeah. Um, and then I think when I get to 50 shut it down and then turn it into a book, that sort of oh, thing. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's the plan. And then from there, I want to use the name behind the lines, but then interview other creative people, like other people. But the common thread is tattooing. So maybe I've tattooed them or they've got tattoos. It could be like a graphic designer, a painter, um, a barman. It could be all sorts of things, any creative field really. Yep. But they've got a couple of tattoos and that's how it will start off. Where'd you get your first tattoo? Who did it? Blah, blah, blah. And then go into their field. So, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. That's so cool, man. I hope I answered that right. Oh, dude, absolutely. No, that's that's definitely like more than I could have hoped, man. Well, it leads me to my next question, which is because um, you are so involved in the industry, you know, in, in a lot of different ways, yep. how much of your day, okay, say, let's say before COVID, not, you yep. know, lockdown aside how much of your day is actually tattooing versus you know the business side of things versus being on the phone you know do you know what i mean i'm i still tattoo five days a week i was doing five six days a week like two three hour appointments or a three and a four hour appointment so i'm still hands-on and and i love it like i've maybe got 15 good years left in me at a high level um so i want to make those 15 years count yeah um the shop's at a point now where we've got a really good system that the artists follow, the managers follow. So as much as it can, it pretty much runs itself. Like I might get a few questions in a day. There's always little grass fires are going to pop up here and there, but they're easy to manage. I'm not, uh, well, uh, people might say different, but I don't think I'm a micromanager. 
like my style is I give everyone enough rope to hang themselves yep. and just give you, like you're an adult, I don't want to be your dad, you know. Uh, we've had really good long-term, I hate to use this word, retention. That's what people use in the, the real world. Like I've had artists with me for four and five years, you know, so that that's good. Um, the ones that have left have left because they've got other ideas and we've chatted through it and they want to go their own way and, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, on a day-to-day basis, I would say maximum between half an hour and an hour. Yep. So it's it's not as crazy as you think it is. Yeah, cool. But cool. with that, there's been 10 solid years of running a business of putting all of these things in place. To get it to that point. To get it to run smoothly. Yeah. You know, like we've got like a Bible at the shop, we call it, or the book, where any new artist that comes here, they, they don't get an induction thing, but they get, you know, the passcodes for the, the alarm, Instagram, acuity system, and a step-by-step of how to book in. So everything's just the same. So the managers know how to do it. And I probably give people like, no one here has their station set up for them or broken down. For me, I'm, I'm not a believer in that. Yep. It sort of creates too much separation and elitism. So I, I still break up and set up. So break down and set up. So I think that is something that's important for us here. But also, um, I got sidetracked then. But yeah, so people just have a good routine of how to do things. And, you know, if you don't want to do it, I'll get told why they're not doing it. Then I'll say, hey, why haven't you replied to someone for two weeks? Like, you know, you're an adult, you're earning good money. You're in a good studio, like be an adult. Yep. You said to me you would do this. You agreed to do this. So you either don't give a fuck or you're lazy. Yep. Which one is it? Yep. There's really no other way. Yep. And then we'll have that talk. And then if you keep doing it, then the talk is, hey, and there's no three talks, there's two. Yep. And it's like, hey, okay, you know, I guess it's not working out here. I See you later. I think it's time for you to explore some more options and I wish you well. Yep. You know? And no, that, absolutely. Um, and yeah, look, I mean, I guess it's it sort of, you know, think, thinking about it, it, it would obviously, I mean, that it sounds like an obvious answer, but, you know, no one's going to be working at Little Tokyo that isn't already fucking good. And, uh, you know, besides maybe apprentices and, yeah. you know, whatever, but like, yeah. you know, I'm, like obviously you, you do your research and, and know like how they are as an artist, what they're all about before they're even in it anyway. So yeah, it's, it, yes and no, like I'm, I'm, one for the underdog and I've taken on some people here over the years that maybe, you know, people generally get a three month period. I've had some people that didn't even make the three month period. They didn't even make it to Instagram. Um, there's no bad blood. It just didn't work out for them. Yeah. You know, um, they were too stuck in their way of doing things and people say they want to maybe learn or, or improve but then when the reality of it comes in that there might be homework or there might be some sort of sacrifice to get where you want to be, not everyone wants to do it. And Ego that's okay. comes into it and all that sort of you stuff. Know? So, But just recently, like I've, well, you know, we're a non-apprentice studio, but yeah. I've really enjoyed, I guess the word is mentoring or helping younger artists or artists that haven't been, have even maybe been tattooing for five years yeah. and they're just lost they don't know what to do they think it's just a job and you know myself and just being in this environment it, if they're open they'll be infected by the creativity and they'll want to get better 
they'll want to improve themselves and I'll look at what they're doing on a technical side and give them some some pointers and we'll look at something like even for example like an outline we'll go all right why are you using this machine this needle and a plastic tube I don't know that's what the last person told me okay well let's do an experiment because you're struggling with your line work let's use this machine this needle group and a steel tube and you know like try it out on a tattoo see which one works better or worse and and you know most of the time they'll go oh wow okay that's cool yeah outlining should be easy like one of the artists here who's an amazing artist like struggled with outline like hated it and I'm like well that's that's bad because you're tense from the start you're going into something just wishing it was outlined because shading's easy mm. so when when your technical stuff is down pat and you're you're running smoothly you're outlining like a hot knife through butter and it's so cool you know you're having fun you're not stressed that's when the magic starts to happen that's when your style starts to come along because you know you're already a great artist on paper and iPad and that stuff but when the technical side comes in that's when you're often running and from then you know like there's not much I can really do to help people other than put them in a nice environment you know and a creative environment and then it's just you know organic is probably the word to, to use and and we go from there yeah absolutely yeah. And I think um you know these days like going back to what you were saying about um you know diff different artists coming in and you know yeah. ha having different expectations and, and that sort of thing I guess it, it's one of those things where you know with with tattoo and I, I guess when I, I say these days because it's the only time that I can really speak of yeah, um, yeah. is you know there's so many different kind of apprenticeships going around in terms of, um, you know, for, for example, myself, I, I never learned how to break down machines or make machines yeah. or, you know, you know, make needles or anything like that. It was kind of just, here's a rotary and, yeah. uh, you know, I don't want to talk too much shit about, you know, the no, shop I was no, at because it's all valid, you know, but yeah, you know, compared to, compared to someone else. And I know they, they go through pretty, pretty rigorous relate, um, apprenticeships yeah. at, um, you know, like Darling Parlor. I know some guys yeah. that have come up from there. And, you know, before they even start tattooing, they've been there for years and years. And, yep. you know, and then they're, they're, as soon as they start, they're just fucking awesome, you know. Um, yeah. there, there's no there's no mucking around. There's no sort of yep. learning as you go. There's no learning yep. off other, let's say, apprentices or people that have been only tattooing for a few years, which, look, was the case for me, you yep. know. Um, and, and when I came to the shop that I'm currently at, it was a huge wake up call because I never really had anyone to tell me I was shit or I was doing it wrong or, you know, this and that until I came to this shop where they've been established for a long time. Like, bro, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, you got to change this. You got to change that. You got to change that. I'm like, sorry, I, I never know. I'm not, you know, of course, but it, it's nice to be able to pass on that knowledge. And like, you know, like actually I had an interview with a young girl yesterday. Like I met her about two years ago. She wanted an apprenticeship and, I knew her through a mutual friend and I chatted to her and, you know, she went off and did an apprenticeship at another studio here in Sydney and was pretty much let run to go, wild. Well, here's a, here's a Cheyenne pen. Here's some cartridges. Off you go. Um, she's been tattooing a year and a half and I'm going to, she's going to start working here at the start of November, you know, yeah. a year and a half. She's got two months of bookings. It's crazy, yeah. you know, and chatting to her, I said like, you know, she's on a, a good wage there or whatever you want to call it. And I said, well, I can't match that. But what I can do is if you look at here as like maybe a bit like university or, or training like that, like I'll be able to look at what you're doing and, 
and help you get to where you want to go a lot quicker rather than just, you know, she might be doing something now like this big that's three hours. Like within six months, that'll probably take two hours. You know, within a year, it might be down to an hour and a half, hour and 45 minutes. And that's, but that's not rushing it. It's just, you know, fine tuning your, your work practice. Legitimately and, getting better. You know, like not, not tattooing here and then turning around and dipping ink over there. Like, yep. you know, if you do that, you're wasting half an hour a day. Yeah. You know, so, and you're doing your back end and all the rest of it. Yeah. So I actually like, I like this stuff. It's, it's cool. And, and Mitch, um, Oscar, who started here after the last lockdown, I think he's been tattooing two, three years tops, started off in realism on the, on the pens and that sort of thing. Now he's transitioning, he wants to do traditional, you know, on the coils, the Dan, Dan Cubans, the, you know, pre-made needles, tubes, all this sort of stuff. So with Mitch, it's been really cool to, he'll ask me questions and I've got to explain them to him. But when I'm breaking it down into a simplified terms, I'm somehow relearning some stuff myself. So yeah. it's, it's nice and exciting. Yeah, cool. And like, I think that's really cool. Like, you know, I noticed that with your lives, a lot of them are pretty focused on, um, on apprenticeships, you know, yep. and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, that's kind of really set in the way for just, just making sure the industry is all right still and, yep. in, you know, good hands and kind of yep. being done the right way. I mean, I want to get your opinion on, um, first of all, if that's correct. And secondly, if, um, you know, the, the state of, I guess, Australian tattoo and in Sydney in particular, yep. where I know that after lockdown and like the first lockdown ended, there were like 10, 15 little shops that just popped up, yep. you know, and what's your kind of view on all that? It's like um, four me, questions think- in one. Yeah, I think back to the IG lives, like I think the I did I think three or four apprentice editions and that was because I was getting a lot of questions, how do I get an apprenticeship? So I wanted to get a, a well-grounded overview by a selection of different artists. But I think just in general, in the general questioning of the artists was first tattoo, what was your inspiration? What was your apprenticeship like? You know, they could have been tattooing 10 years or 20 so just to give people an idea of the transition in your career, like for me, I, I worked in street shops for 15 years before I started doing custom work, you know, where now it seems people are specialising very early, which is amazing. If anything, I'm jealous and envious of younger artists because you're going to have such a longer period in your career of specialising and doing what you really want to do. Like yep. I still wanted to do street stuff, but there was really no option to do otherwise. Yeah. Um, so I think that, yeah, that's sort of that. But with, with as far as, you know, like this is a, a big studio here and it's, it's evolved. Like if I look back to when I was younger and someone said to me, hey, one day you're going to have, you know, a large studio in Sydney with, with multiple people working for you, I'd be like, no way, that's impossible. So for me, it's, you know, it's beyond the dream that could come true. And for me, I'm, I'm all about competition. Like, you know, Sydney was gripped in biker wars and it was controlled for a long time. So if for me, if somebody wants to open up a shop, they've got every right to do so. You know, um, if they're going to turn it into an apprentice factory and I don't agree with it, yep. stiff shit. They still have every right to open a business. Um, for me, you'll, you'll generally get my respect if you're in any industry. If you've, you've, When you open a business as well, you've got the right to 
do what you want, like create it how you want to be. Also make as much money as you can because that's what happens in a business. But then if you reinvest in your business, if you treat your staff well and you treat your clients well, power to you. You've done something really good for New South Wales, for Australia, for the world. You're not, you know, you're not working for the man. You're not taking handouts from the government. You've actually done something really good. Um, and you're giving other people opportunity to be involved in it and, and have a good life and reap the benefits that everyone everyone contributes to that business, whether it be this business or a panel shop or a fish and chip shop or a graphic design studio. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if it wasn't for a situation like that, you know, it took me six months to get an apprenticeship. I would have never got my start in tattooing, you know, so I can't can't be mad at it. 100%, it's good. You know, like, if if from a tattoo history point of view, you know, I can go back and study and go, okay, you've got a family tree. Like, this guy came from this shop, and then he went there and he apprenticed all of these people that have gone on to become really well. This guy didn't really care, but he apprenticed a lot of people. Half of those people went on and became amazing. The other half, we don't know what happened. So, or they're just doing whatever. But, so those people still went on and contributed well to the industry. And it's, it's one of those things like, not everyone is gonna get born with the golden tattoo machine in their hand. Not everyone is gonna get the, the mystical Yoda-like training experience. You know, it's what I tried to put across in those Apprentice things was dedication and persistence and sacrifice will get you to where you want to go. Like for years I thought, oh, if I get this new tattoo machine by this big name artist, I'm going to tattoo better. If I get tattooed by this person, they're going to unlock the secrets to the universe for me. If I work with this guy, I'm going to learn this if I go to this convention. But for me, it wasn't really that way. It's just so put your head down and you do learn little bits and pieces from those experiences, yep. but you just, you know, you, you learn along the way. And, but that was from my generation. It's different now. Like your generation, you can refer to your mates online. You can reach out to someone across the other side of the world on Instagram. You can do a YouTube tutorial. You can join these online classes. So there's a lot, basically it's self-motivation that is going to get you to the top. Yeah. And not working in a famous studio or for a famous artist. Absolutely. There's no, there's no shortcuts. And I've, I've yeah. definitely come to realize that. And uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was like that for the first few years. I was like, oh, no, maybe like I'll see an ad for a tattoo machine. I'm like, oh, well, that's why I'm my lines of shit. Because <laughs> sure. I don't have that machine. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, yeah. and like it was funny. I was speaking to um because one of my mates was like started tattooing sort of similar time to me. And he started at Bondi Inc. Um, yeah. like called Daniel Joseph. Um, who's now at Tattoo yep. Rosie's. Tattoo Rosie's, yep. yeah. And, um, and yeah, I knew him before tattooing, and um, and I was always asking him, I started probably a year or two after him, and I was like, man, like, I, I can't get this right, or I can't get that right. And he would always say things like, bro, you just got to do your research. You got to, you know, do this and that. You know, maybe you're not in the best environment. I'd probably suggest, yep. you know, um, go, go into a different shop or this and that. Yep. But then in my head, like, I almost took that at the time, which I'm embarrassed about now, I almost took that as if, like, I'm like, man, I can't move shops, man. Like, it, like these guys took me on. Like, I owe these guys something. 
I'm also fucking scared to leave because of you know what other you know and like what do I do I am researching by asking you like and you know there's so much conflicting information out there and you know this guy on YouTube says this thing then you do it and then this guy tells you that's ridiculous and it's like fuck but yeah (laughs) but mate that that's one of the beauties of it it's the magic's still out there the mystery's still out there and also if things come too easy you're just going to never use your brain you're just yep. going to ask questions and expect the answer. Yeah. You know, and there is a sense of fulfillment and enjoyment if you work something out yourself. Yep. You know, and then you might be like, oh, hey, check this out. Look what I worked out, you know, and then you pass that knowledge on to someone else. But also as well, like, you know, throughout your whole career, you're going to, you're, you're, you know, tattooing, we've got a very rare opportunity to really grow as human beings because we work through different stages of our lives, different studios, you know, but our customer base pretty much stays the same. So, you know, I'm in my late 40s now, but my client base is probably still 25 to 35. So some of my mates that are my age, they're not in contact with that age bracket or that age group of people. You know, they're not around younger people. They might be working in an office space or whatever. So you can sort of stagnate. So, you know, tattooing for me has been the, the best thing ever, you know, I wouldn't be who I am without it. And, you know, 10 years time, you'll be a different person than who you are now. You will have evolved. And, and that's, it's a beautiful thing. I'll still be a dickhead. Yeah, that, that's okay. <laughs> but you'll be a cool dickhead. Cooler dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> nah, t- totally, man. And, you know, I'm, I'm still like fucking just, just looking on the screen. I'm like, I'm fucking spinning out that I'm having like a conversation oh, with, with you, with you, man. And, Honestly, like, I know that as soon as I get off the call, I'll be like, fuck, I didn't ask him this, didn't ask him that. Like, oh, mate, just call me, I'll give you my number. Oh, uh, man, like, yeah, fuck it, it's so good, man. And yeah. um, one thing that I did, because I was pretty conscious of, um, one of the reasons I guess I was so nervous about this chat was because I was pretty conscious of um, the fact that you've done, you know, the kind of interview that I would usually do. You've done it yep. to a T, you know, with, with MJ. And I really didn't want it to be the same, you know. So I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know... What am I going to talk about? And there's so much to fucking talk about. Um, yep. One thing that I do want to talk about is um, sort of the evolution of, of Little Tokyo. Yep. You know, um, from, from when it started to, you know, now it's got like a room for fucking realism, a room for Japanese, room for, you know, and it's like... Yeah, it's crazy. There's no fucking tattoo shops like that, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's like a whole new fucking... I'm mean, yep. not new, it's, but, you know, it's yep. a whole fucking I've been, thing that I've you been don't very see. fortunate. I've been fortunate and back to that whole thing. I'll I'll go back to the beginning of Little Tokyo. Um, So I came to Sydney 15 odd years ago and I worked, I got offered to work at a shop called InnerVision, which at that time was one of the best studios in Sydney. So, you know, I came down from the Gold Coast to work there and and throughout my time at InnerVision, I was able to build up a client base, had like a year waiting list. So... From there, there was really, in my mind, no other shop to go to that I wanted to work at. But there was a shop run by Josh Rowling called Tattoo Dharma, and that was one of Sydney's first ever private studios. Um, it was over in in Chippendale, like a you know first floor loft style, big apartment, floorboards, airy airy ceiling, and all that stuff. So everyone worked there by appointment. It was me. It was Josh. It was a, a guy called Tong who was like the king of Sydney for 10 years. Then there was me. Then there was Alex Rusty, who just started there. And then there was Nathan Puada, who who has been around Sydney as long as as Josh had. So I was there for, I think, 10 months. 
And in that period, running my own diary, all of this sort of stuff, like InnerVision was an amazing experience, but it was a machine. You know, you couldn't maybe have holidays when you wanted, you know, you couldn't have a lunch break, all this sort of stuff. The whip was getting cracked. But five years of there allowed me to get to where I am today. So I got offered to work with Josh and I thought, all right, this is the next step in my career because I know I can't go and open a studio. Well, I could, but I've got to side up with the bad guys and that's never been an option for me. You know, so 10 months later, we got firebombed by the bad guys and that was the end of that studio. So at that same time, I'd already been kitting out a small studio space in Bondi that I was going to, before I got offered to work at Tatodama, that was my game plan. And I let Nathan and Josh know, this is the deal. I want to come and work with you guys because it's too good an opportunity to not do. But I've got this studio here. I'm going to work there one day a week. So I was doing that. And then pretty much when when the, the firebombing happened, I got a call in the morning. I cancelled my morning appointment. And I was working from that shop from the afternoon onwards. Yep. Um, in that period of time, no one really knew what they were going to do or whatever. And I'm just getting offers to work here and all the rest of it. I'm like, thank you, but this is my new path. Um, Nathan came and worked with me for quite a while while they were working out what they were going to do. Eventually, him and Alex joined up together and everyone else from that studio, they went on and created Lighthouse Tattoo. Yeah, cool. So from then, I was just happy working on my own in little 35 square meter apartment. Um, you know, a year's worth of bookings, good loyal clientele base. Um, I started to get a little bit of cabin fever because you're on your own all the time. I'm on the computer in the morning looking at blogs and that sort of stuff to get inspiration. Instagram had only just come out then. It wasn't the animal that it is today. Um, I was doing guest spots regularly down at Dynamic Tattoo in Melbourne. And then the Sydney licensing laws came in. Mm-hmm to try and clean up the, the industry, so to speak. So, all right, what do I do? I know I can't keep working here because I'm too well-known. I'm going to get grassed up. So I ended up opening up a first four floor studio in Oxford Street, Bondi Junction. It was just me and uh, Yoshi. Uh, we worked together for a period of time. Then Yoshi went on and did his own thing. And it just slowly evolved there. I ended up having, I think, in the, I was there for maybe three and a half years and then I was in a strata building the strata company said we don't want a tattoo shop here there was a rub and tug next door to me and another one two doors down so they're like you guys are undesirable businesses I complained to my solicitor she's like oh don't worry you can win this but you're going to go bankrupt I'd advise Mm. you just to get out if you can Mm. so I did and then I was fortunate enough to find um, this space here in Hibernian House and the funny thing is, before I opened up Bondi Junction, I'd looked in here as well. And uh, Dean Carlisle runs Hibernia in the building as well. He was here then and I chatted to him and he was cool. So we came back and we chatted again. And, you know, so, it's yeah, it's been a good thing for me here. Um, I was very fortunate because of the position of this space in the building. It had been empty for two years. And then the expansion of it, to turn into the the space it is now, for example, wouldn't have happened if I was anywhere else. If I was on a street shop or something like that, you know, each shop is owned by different people. One guy owns this whole building. So a lady got kicked out on one side, they offered it to me. I'm like, cool, I can 
I've got two more artists in. Okay, that'll offset the rent, the running costs. I can make the space better. We can have a lunchroom, proper sterilization room, all of this stuff, thinking more of like upgrading the studio than upgrading my bank account. And then after the last lockdown, similar thing happened. The, The girl that was in here forever and a day got kicked out. And they offered it to me again. I'm like, oh, it's kind of the dream corner. It's got a view of the city. We can do an art studio in here. We can have like a Japanese room. So, yeah, just again, you know, not making that much more money, but it's a cooler space. Yeah. You know, and it's everyone's got their own workstation now. So that's kind of been my, like I'm not, people would probably say I'm a good businessman, but I view it as I just give it a go. Yep. Give it a go. And I've failed loads and I'll probably continue to fail. But as long as you learn from it, that's fine. Yep. Um, so, yeah, but now the joke is people come in, oh, you're going to have the whole top floor. And I'm like, no, mate, <laughs> yeah. There's no more. No yeah, more. So, so it uh, kind of happened by accident or by, by circumstance. Exactly. That... Yep, circumstance, yeah. accident, and just when that opportunity came along, you know, I crunched my numbers and went, oh, okay, cool. This person wants to come and work here and, you know, someone else wants to. So, all right, cool, I can do that. And, you know, we've just got better facilities sort of thing and a better space. Do you have a lot, like a whole list of people like waiting for a call one day? Oh, not really. It'd be surprised. I'm pretty open. Like I, I, you know, I either, like just recently three people are starting here when we come out of it and they've actually all contacted me, which is nice. Every now and then, you know, you put an ad up or something just to throw it out there and see who's out there. But a lot of people, like what Danny Danny said in one of the IG Lives, like a lot of people in Sydney are pretty comfortable in the city where they're working. And, and once you get in, you know, a really good rhythm and you've got a good crew that you work with and, you know, you, you've got a good cut, whatever you're dealing with, um, you know, a lot of people will hang around. And that's great for Sydney tattooing in general. Like a lot of the shops in the city you know, we're all really friendly, where we communicate with each other, where 10 or more years ago, that probably wasn't the case. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I was on, on MJ's podcast, how you're talking about, you know, you, you went down to Tony Tony Cohen and you're like, look, man, I'm, I'm doing this. It's not affecting you. Like, to, yeah. to do it properly, you know, and I guess 100%. that's not the case now. <laughs> it, it, it's not. And, uh, you know, some people should know better but they choose not to, and, and that's sad, but the people that don't know better, that's, that's life now. You know, like for me, my, my morals and my views are probably somewhat outdated now, and that's okay as well. No, I don't think so. I've got to do what I need to do for myself to look at myself in the mirror, you know, and, you know, when I moved into the city, I, I spoke to, to all the shops, you know, just to let you know my situation and, you know, and Tony and Brett were cool. They went, fuck, man, you know what? You're the first person that said this. Good on you. Hope you put them other cunts out of business. Yep. You know, and in society now, people are very good at recreating the story and changing it to suit their narrative and change it. But you can't change your actions. So, you know, you can sweet talk it all you want. But yeah, but again, that's a different, I'm from a different generation. You are and you aren't though. Like you know, you've you've got you're still driving and you're still at the forefront of Australian tattooing, and you've got you know your finger on the pulse of of, of every aspect of tattooing, from what I can gather anyway. You know, and I'm oh, pretty obsessed. You, you know, yeah. Um, 
So, no, I mean, you, you say that a lot, you know, oh, no, I'm from a different era. But, yeah, I mean, you're driving this era still. Yeah, you know, I'm and... trying to be as progressive as I can. And, and hence why, you know, now we've got quite a lot of established artists here at Little Tokyo that are, you know, either running off their own name or, or in the transition period of of getting to their own, you know, being their, their own machine. Um, so now I'm looking forward to you know, bringing in younger people and then they're the ones that have been here for a while. They're stepping up to that next level. They're going into areas of specialization and being booked out more where they don't have to do, not that we get walk-ins, but you know, the smaller style of tattooing that people want. So now it's time to bring in the younger generation, you know, and even with the young girl with two, um, two months bookings, we spoke about, I said, look, I'd still like you to do one walk-in a day because it's going to teach you all the different body parts, excuse me, to work on. Um, you can fine tune your technical aspect of tattooing, you know, and she was so open to it. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapped. It's exciting. And that's cool. Like for me, I've had, you know, some of my big mentors have been like Kenny Mack, the first guy, or oh, sorry, Tattoo Charlie, the guy that Tattoo started Charlie. me off. Then Kenny Mack, Trevor McStay has been one of my biggest mentors. He's, probably tattooed over half of my body. Um, and another guy, Lal Hardy, um, Paul Braniff, when I worked on the Gold Coast, taught me a lot of, of old school business stuff as well. So, you know, I've been very fortunate. So it's my responsibility now to help people where I can. If I can't pay those people back directly, I can pay back tattooing. And it's, it's good because I love it, mate. Obviously, I like to talk and I like to talk about tattooing. You know, I'm pretty, I'm pretty simple person i you know i like to travel i like to tattoo i like to party i like cars and motorbikes that's yeah, nice. pretty much it <laughs> yeah um there's there's a lot of parallels between um from from my end um between you and the guy that owns my shop he's a guy called jason kusel jason, yeah, i know jason you know jason yeah yeah yeah, yeah. We, we met ages ago at one of the conventions yeah cool chatted, yeah. so you know he's he's kind of i think he's probably the same age as you maybe a little bit yep. older but he's always always like he buys a new machine every week and you know and he's always looking at the new stencil technology the new like new this new that because he just fucking loves it man like you can talk to him for for hours about tattooing and he's just so excited and and that's definitely from what i've gathered anyway um like it's it's not heaps common that you that you're finding people that have been in the industry for 20 years that aren't hating the young people or that aren't hating the industry or the way it is now they're, they're just loving it evolving with it and that's kind of why i'm so privileged to to be working under here i don't i work in bateman's bay which is yeah. his first store but um you know going back to the tattoo lineage stuff as well is that um you know he's he's tattooed he, he sorry mentored my mentor who's a yep. guy called mitch goldsborough and and mitch yep. now works at black mark in melbourne you're cool yeah so yep. you know with guys like elric and yeah you know other people that we won't Amazing. mention anymore yeah, yeah. after the other week but uh, <laughs> yeah um but yeah and so like i'm just fucking privileged to have you know just fallen it really has just been like a random little chain of random few, like chain of events that has led me to being here yeah and just in a dream tattoo situation man so like Mate, i totally yeah it's it's a big yep. part of why i'm doing this sort of podcast and yep. like yeah, man. Like, but you're, you're enough seeing, about like, me. <laughs> you know, like I, I can see your excitement and your your love of it all. And you know, if you can, like, just to go back, a lot of the old school guys probably lost that purely because of the client base at the time. Like, say for example, you're tattooing in King's Cross. 
like as, as crazy and wild as it is and people like to look back and fantasize, it was fucking tough, man. Yep. You're dealing with dickheads nonstop. It does wear you down. You know, it's, you know, so that's why I think a lot of the older guys and girls get a bit short, get a bit pissed off how things have changed as well. Um, you know, and, and so for me, I've, I've, I want to do my best not to go down that road and, and just, you know, stay, stay inspired. And, and, you know, how can you not love it? If, if you don't watch it, it'll just absorb your whole life, you know. Like it's cost me relationships in the past. It's cost me friendships. But, you know, so be it. Like, you know, I'm lucky now my partner of like nearly nine years, she's a photographer, so so she gets it. Um, you know, also we don't have children, um, so that allows me a lot of other time to indulge in my obsessions. Yeah, cool. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Um, man, like, again, like I said, once, once we get off this call, I'm going to be like, I didn't fucking talk about that. I didn't talk about this. I didn't talk about that. But at the same time, man, I feel like I've kept you for ages. And I just want to say how appreciative again. That what, are you going to cut me off now? Oh, no, no, fuck no. Like, <laughs> let, let's talk for however, like, man. No, like, I'm good, mate. I, no, I love a chat, so it's Okay, fine. if you're cool yeah. to hang around for a bit longer, actually. Yeah, of course, man. Of course. Uh, you know, I want to talk about, okay. Well, what's your kind of view on, on like, you know, the whole, I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about this, but like the whole Kevin situation, because there was so much backlash and, you know, we, we've already paid for our booth, you know, it was going to be my first yeah. convention, you know, yeah. and, and I've, I've said this a few times is that, um, I, I viewed conventions, because I've never done one, I uh, yep. viewed conventions as, you know, the pinnacle of tattooing, which, you know, yep. to, to some people that I've spoken to, they laugh at me when I say that, and, you know, they just think that's fucking yeah. ridiculous, but no, I viewed no, it as, like, if you're a tattooer, you want to do these conventions, You and, you know, finally yep. I was, you know, in a position where we're going to do the Sydney yep. convention, gets postponed, becomes rights, gets postponed again, 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 and, and then now... Like they're getting because of all the stuff that's going on. There's so much hate, and half of my mates that you know they're like, "Nah, we're boycotting it," <laughs> you know. And and that that is a personal decision. Like for me, again with a pretty varied life experience. Like I didn't see like Kev gave everybody. Uh, I think it's not a refund, like a credit. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure most concerts and rock bands gave people a credit not many people got the refund um you know people that are it's just the way it is that's business unfortunately you know and there we're in an era of people especially in the lockdown have a board they're hurting they want to lash out and get on the computer you know, cancel culture is huge yeah. now. Yeah. There's no accountability. You know, whether you, back to what I said earlier about a business, if someone wants to open up a business and they're down the road from me and I don't agree with what they're doing, it's irrelevant. That's my ego. You know, they've got every right to run that business. So Kev's got every right to run his conventions how he sees fit. If you don't agree with it, again, you're back in the cheap seats. Unless you're going to put your money where your mouth is and do one better, you've got a choice to either join it or not. You know, without oh, I'm, I'm I, I happy that you I, said I, that I actually. Clear away from the political stuff because, um, yeah, I, you're just opening up a box that you're never going to win, yeah. and you can't even win. It just turns into a shouting match. But for me, I was asked recently 
I was asked recently, am I going to do it? And I went, yeah. And something was brought up to me about this or that. And I went, well, this is realistically, if you look at these sort of stuff from a legal point of view, this is hearsay. You know, I run a studio here in Sydney. I'm going to go and promote my business at this convention where I have an opportunity to reach a large audience. Fucking A. The people coming through that door, they don't even know about this little tattoo politics that are going around on Instagram and Facebook groups and all that sort of stuff. Um, power to you if you do want to boycott it. You have my full respect. But if someone chooses to go there, they shouldn't be, um, you know, they, they shouldn't be chastised or or talked down upon or gossiped about. You know, it's a it's free choice. We want freedom. Our freedoms have taken away now. We want to be free. Yeah. Now, like, like I, I think I'm stoked that you have that point of view because it's kind of in line with, you know, I don't understand the depth of the situation. I don't think, I don't think many people really do, you know, yeah. um, yeah. exactly sort of, you know, what, what Kev or what, you know, that company's going yeah. through and, and the, the ins and outs and, you know, and of all that sort of stuff, because how can you really, if you're not in their shoes? Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I'm, I'm stoked. Cause, and it kind of, kind of makes me feel better. I had a lot of people, like I said, that were like, no, nah, don't do the convention fucking this and that. I'm like, I'm doing yeah, it. Like, <laughs> but if you want to do it, you do it, man. Yeah. Like don't, don't give in to peer pressure, peer, peer, peer group pressure from people. Yeah. Be your own person. Reese Gordon says it's fine. Fuck yeah. Yeah. You be your <laughs> own person, man. Like you make your own decision. You're a grown adult. Yeah. You know, and if you're starting, if it's something that you want to do and you're not doing it because of peer group pressure, you're being coerced into doing something you don't want to do. Yep. You know? Nah, totally. And yeah, you're, you're right. You mentioned at the start of, of our chat, like, you know, worrying, like not, not worrying about what people think. And if you want to do something, you just got to fucking give it a go, which is, you know, in doing this podcast, fuck, it's something I've really wanted to do for for years to be honest it's scary you've got to put yourself out there that's it man and like you know i was always conscious of people being like oh fuck he, he, this guy you know shouldn't be doing podcasts he doesn't understand tattooing yeah. at all he doesn't you know so you know yeah. and then listening to listening to mj's podcast to um yeah. you know not just a girl by eddie lou you know yeah. and i've interviewed her as well which is going to be which is a cool Amazing. episode yeah and and um you know i listen to pretty much every single episode of every single tattoo podcast out there. Like I'm fucking like, obsessed with it, man. I'm and, with you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like going back to like the, the Keith Caramello tattoo mentor podcasts and the, you know, needle death and all those ones from across, from all over yep. the world. And you know, when MJ stopped doing his one, um, and when Eddie stopped doing her one, I'm like, Oh man, there's, there's no one doing an Aussie one. Like, yeah. you know, Australian tattooers are the fucking best man. Like yep. really like hold their own on a world stage. You know, there, there has to be, an Australian podcast, and to, totally. to, you know, to be honest, if if either of the, well, I mean, I guess it's kind of different to Eddie's one, but if MJ was still doing his one, I wouldn't yeah. have even dreamed about doing this, you, you know. Yeah, but I would say there's there's room for it because you're bringing value to the table, you know, and it's a different point of view, you know. Even even with with what I'm doing with certain things, doesn't mean I'm the only author, authorized voice on it. No, I'm just one voice that's maybe heard a little bit more because I can maybe dedicate a bit more time to it and maybe have a, a, a bigger platform sort of thing. Yeah. So well, it's all, all valid, man. And mate, like if there were 10, Auss if there were 10 Aussie podcasts, just think of how many extra artists would be interviewed. Yep. 
you know, that puts it out there. Absolutely. And yeah, like it was coming, you know, one thing that sort of made me chill a bit was, um, you know, when I was watching your ones and really like getting into them, I was like, okay, this is coming from someone that's tattooed, you know, this amount of time asking questions from that sort of perspective. Whereas this yeah. one's coming from like a, a, a different, different flavor, different angle kind of thing. So yeah, 100%, I was like, all right, well, cool. There's room for everyone. hundred percent. Well, I was like, just some basic statistics. When I started tattooing in Melbourne, um, I think I did my first tattoo in 89, but 1990 I started seriously. There were three young tattooers my age. There was me, a guy called Geordie Cole who owns Tattoo Magic now, and a guy called Colin Gower who owns, um, he used to own Vic Marco. I can't remember his new studio's name. We knew of each other. We might see each other two times a year at a convention or a meeting, and that was it. We didn't have, we didn't have mobile phones then. You know, we definitely didn't have each other's home phone numbers. There no email existed. So now, people of your generation, there would have to be a couple of hundred tattooers, if not more, between 20 and 30, you know, probably a 1,000 yep. in New South Wales. Yeah. You have access to each other instantly. Yeah. So there's so much more to share and do and, and or, yeah, it's just, it's a lot easier is a word better everything it's just it's just so much better all around yeah we've definitely got a lot of op- like a lot of opportunity there you know that, yeah. that was definitely wasn't there in the past you know yeah, in pretty much every that, capacity you know yeah but all of that stuff is why young tattooers are coming on so strong and and they've got they're not worried about you know the old school mindset or the old school control or you can't do that you that you can't do that that sort of thing people are like no, I'm going to do it. And if it works, go for it. Yep. So that's that's the exciting part of tattooing now. Yeah. Well, it's funny because um, like uh, it's it's almost like a 50-50 split of people that I've interviewed have a different a different kind of opinion as to sort of how, you know, young tattooers should be brought up in in terms of um, you know, for example, myself, I like the shop that I'm in now is in it's in a holiday town, I guess you'd say. And so it's it's almost like a little Bondi Inc. kind of situation where you're doing you're doing everything. There's not that many artists that work here. So we have to do everything, you know? Yep. Um, as opposed to well, pretty much any shop in Sydney besides Bondi yep. Inc. where it's kind of the apprentices will be artists in their own right. That yep. gets nourished and then they're pretty much only doing their style from yep. the get go, you know? Yep. Um and yeah, I think that's it like it's probably the way to the way that it is going. For me it's it's I don't know. For me, for me, like I guess it was so ingrained that you have to yep. that you're a craftsman. You know, yep. you like get rid of that ego. Like your yep. job is to, you know, fulfill their vision. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, and and but you know what as well. Like the way I would view it would be when you end up specialising in one or two particular styles, which is generally the way it goes you will have a much more grounded background which will then allow whatever you're doing to flourish and you'll be able to pack solid color you'll be able to do smooth gray wash shading you'll be able to do a fat line a thin line you'll be able to do some real nice stipple work so it's it's a great thing you know the grass isn't always greener on the other side yeah yeah and yeah look i mean that that's that's the one thing where i'm like i I don't even really have a style anymore. I love doing trad. I love doing mandalas. Yeah. I love doing script. I, yeah. Just because I've had to to like dig into every single every single yeah. genre that like I I don't even, like to, to be honest, man. And I probably shouldn't even say this to someone like you, but like 
I barely even draw for myself anymore, man. Like I'm just kind of whatever's whatever's coming in the door. I'm like, you know, designing based on that. You know, it's kind of well, mate. When when the time comes, like you can't always be like this. There's plateaus. There's a little rise. There's a plateau. You just hope there's never this. Yeah. You know. So and that's okay. You'll find the time. I hope I hope you've used your time in this lockdown to draw for yourself. I've, you know what I have been doing is um and and I did this last lockdown as well. Is that one one thing that um when I came to this studio um was you know before before I came here, if someone wanted script, it's like all right, here's the font, pick a font, pick yeah. what you want, fucking here it is. I tried that here, and they're like, no, oh, dude, we fucking write it up ourselves. What do you mean? I'm like, yeah. what do you mean you write it up yourself? And like yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. like you'd think it'd be easy, but it's just fucking yeah. not. So I. I spent like like I've literally got like three or four books of just like the letter C and that shape over and over and over and over and over and over again to the point where it's like you know what I actually fucking love doing script now and I want to uh, I almost want to specialize in it I guess you know because like yeah <laughs> but yes yeah, script is amazing but script is an amazing training ground for tattooing like if you can do a nice script name man you're gonna you're gonna eat. Yep. You're gonna pay your mortgage for the rest of your life. Yeah. And I imagine in your small town, like a seaside town, you're probably tattooing people each year that come back. Yep. You know, for their holidays, and that's so cool. Yep. It's so nice. I I worked before Sydney. I was on um, the Gold Coast at a shop called Skin Effects, and we'd regularly tattoo people. Yeah, you every don't see them for like you see them once a year. And yeah. Then... yeah, and it's it's cool. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a thing. That's that's the closest you'll get to like a real local shop, yeah. localized shop where you know everyone in town, which you probably do anyway, yeah. and all that stuff. But that's that's a rarity these days. Mm. And and I, like I love it and hate it at the same time because you know yeah. there, there's no like in Sydney you tattoo someone if it's not necessarily the best you're never seeing them again. You know, like, yeah. um yeah. here you're seeing them down the road, like you know you're seeing them all day every day. You're seeing like yeah. oh that little janky line I did or you know. Yeah, like, but that's so, but that's you that's you being incredibly um you're scrutinising your work and that's good. So that is going to get you better because if not you just ah oh, fuck it they moved or whatever. That's you're only gonna you're gonna do that. Yeah. But you yeah, it, it is it is a unique, I guess, unique opportunity anyway for me. Any like to be able to see people and be like, oh, you know, yeah. I use like a fucking you know a four drop in this bit. Um, yeah. How did that heal six months later or a year later? Yeah. You know, or maybe I need to go darker next time or yeah. you, you know, and it's, that that is cool. That is cool. Yeah. But you'll later on in your career, you'll be pumped to see older work come back, and even if it's not great, you're just pumped because you get to see stuff that. Is 10, 15 years old, see how it held up. Like, you know, I think this year I've seen a lot of stuff from when I worked at InnoVision, which is way over 10 years ago, between 10 and 15 years ago, and see that stuff. And I'm like, man, that was, I used to make all those needles, you know, they were all with coils that I'd, you know, tune myself and everything. I'm like, man, you're doing all right. You know, and I've been tattooing for 15 or 20 years then. Yeah. What are you running these days? Uh, these days I'm changing a lot. Like probably one of the best things that happened in the last four years, I think, is Cole, Cole Dawson coming to work here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been in my little my little routine of swash drives for lining. Um, I can't even remember if I was using a pen back then or something. But then when Cole came, he's using coils. We start chatting again. And, you know, I've got a big coil collection, the tattoo history stuff, and then – Oh yeah, I might use that. And I used to always use the excuse that 
you know, my wrists are weak because I've tattooed so much and for so long. So now I'm running a combination of swash drive still, coils for lining, um, but also I've got two shag builts, the one, and I've, I've bought a couple of old Mickey Sharps Paul Rogers machines. I've got a couple from one of my mates in Bristol. And, yeah, so I'm a mix of, of rotary and coils now, which is cool. It's, yeah, it's nice. exciting again. Like the craftsmanship side of tattooing is, is cool, but everything are all pre-made needles um, and I use steel tubes from Good Luck Iron. My yeah, main cool. needle groups are probably a, a Type 5 liner, uh, maybe an Open 9 and an Open 11 or 14, um, a 15 and a 23 curved mag, and like a 14 round. Yeah, cool. So, yeah. yeah, fuck yeah. So, yeah oh, they're, they're fun. You know, this is gold. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 cool and it, yeah, it's exciting. Like you know, I just we've just got some. Oh, we also use a lot of these machines from a guy called Dennis. No irons machines. They're like his version of a um, a Cuban sidewinder style thing. Yeah, I use those as well. Some uses them. Jiho uses them. Quite a few people here use them. And Cole and I have just got another bunch, a liner and a shader each coming from. Um, no iron machines, which should be here next week. Yeah, so cool. I'll be like, sweet. Jiho's fucking sick. I love his dragons. They're so weird. <laughs> like... Mate, he's, he's, you know, he's heavily influenced by... His hero is Horitoshi, yeah. who is doing Marty from Iron Temper's bodysuit. So, yeah, cool. you know, he studies him to a T and other members of the family, but he's got his own little twist to it. And he's, yeah, he's got his unique dragons. and But, but so dedicated. Yeah. Like, he's a machine. He is eats, sleeps, and breathes tattooing. And I think only been tattooing five years, maybe yeah. six. It's yep. phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. No, he's so cool. Um, yeah, fuck, I, I've got one of those little squ- squash drive whips. In fact, I only, yeah. Yeah, I only got it, like, in the last lockdown because I, yeah. I wanted that, um, again, it was that searching for the right machine to, to, yeah. to fix my issues. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, I was trying to find a... A rotary that would you know still be able to do cartridges because that's yep. all I really know. Um, yep. But have that sort of coil vibe, you know, um, yep. like like a Cuban, which was just too expensive and too much of a headache. And yep. not not that it's too expensive, you know, you should always invest what you need to. Right? But just you know, you can I'm never get them. You know, <laughs> yeah. what are they like? Fucking two grand now. It's crazy. Yeah, and then and you got to wake up at like fucking whatever time it is in the middle of the night, yeah. and you still miss out. Or then yeah. you know you go to tattoo gear and you get a like a secondhand one, but then all of a sudden it's not covered and fucking all this and that. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, but yeah, so I ended up getting the swash drive um whip, and now I've, I've um listened to the fireside tattoo podcast and yeah. um just fallen in love with the Numa. No, Numa oh, four. Yeah, yeah, yep, with, yep. From I from thought... Carson and um. Yeah, Nick Zach like... Douglas has got one. He brought one up here on one of his guest spots, and Cole and I both tried, and we're like, "Fuck, man, this seems smooth." Yeah, yeah. Well, so, so far that's the one that sorted out all my issues. And since I got that one machine, not that I do literally anything different, but it's just sorted yep. everything out for me. <laughs> and, and that's it. I think you get to a point where you click. You, you know, it's like you're learning to play a guitar. You're looking down at everything you're playing, and then all of a sudden you're just shredding with your eyes closed and your head back. Yeah. And again, that's that's the magic is going to start happening with your tattooing now. Yeah. When when you can just tattoo, and it's easy. The technical aspect of it is easy, mate. You're off and running. It's yeah. it's good. Oh fuck yeah! All right, I'm getting some messages from my producer. Um, oh. 
Yeah. Saying, uh, shut that fucker up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but, um, uh, like, I, I, could, I could sit here and talk for fucking hours. Like, I'm, again, I'm just, like, stoked yeah. to have the opportunity to have this kind of uh, chat with, with you, very, man. Like, very, cool, very cool, man. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and like episodes like this are kind of just for my own, like <laughs> just just for I'm my only, own interest. Me, you know? me doing those IG lives, the same thing. Like you're you're I'm fulfilling my fantasies as well, and it's it's cool. It's yeah. you know because you know especially now in this lockdown, probably never going to get this opportunity again to talk to so many people in a short period of time. Yep. Well, that's it. Like, cause lockdown's coming to an end, I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna fucking message him. Fuck it, I'm, I'm gonna message him. Like, you know, if, if he if he says no, he says no. But if, if I'm ever gonna catch him, it's gonna be before he goes back to fucking work. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can. Always, I'll show you my number, mate. Feel free to text me oh, all that fuck, stuff. Paul, awesome, man. Good. Um, yeah, man. I just just again want to say thank you for coming on. And before we do before we do wrap up, um, how do people sort of book with you? And, and are you taking bookings or what's the kind of situation? Yeah, for me, like I'm, I'm fortunate because I've been in Sydney for 15 years. Like I reckon 80% of my client base is ongoing work. And if not, they're friends of those people. Um, but it's either you can, people shoot me, like I still answer all my DMs, that sort of stuff. I don't do bookings. I then redirect them to the shop, Little Tokyo, um, and basically then I do a consult and we just chat to people and go from there. Now, starting to do FaceTime consults, which is going to become a bigger thing in the future. But yeah, that's pretty much it. LittleTokyo.com.au, um, yeah, or my Instagram, Reese Gordon. Awesome. Man, fuck, thank you so much, dude. Like, <laughs> just stoked, man. I'm, I'm just fucking loving life right now. Mate, same, dude. <laughs> it's been cool. And, and it's nice for me to go back and talk about things and remember things as well that I sort of maybe forget about. So it's been really cool. Awesome, man.